Okay. Dave the cat. Bam. Oh, there we go. <clears throat> Alright. Okay. We're good to go then, Bert. Blah, blah, blah. Intros. Blah. Questions. Fake news. Pet news. Phone a friend? Oh, crap. Oh, we need a cute cat of the week. Oh, no. We'll just... We'll go without that. Yeah. Without those two parts this week. Yeah. Cool. People will be okay. Yeah. That's a good segment. All right. Yeah. They'll be back. They'll be back for They'll sure. They'll be back. Dude. Right. All right. Here we go. Welcome to the pack. Welcome back. It feels good to be back in the in the nook. Back in the nook. Yeah. <laughs> back in the nook. Got the studio all set up in here. Soundproof walls and soundproof floor. Soundproof floor. Anything you ever want in a studio. All our expensive audio equipment around. <laughs> the mic. Our teleprompts. Uh, our notebook. Notebook. Pencil. Yeah, I got we got everything we need here. Okay. Um, <laughs> exciting time. <clears throat> Um, um, yeah, so uh, maybe you may know if you, uh, actually probably not many of you know, Josh is on a trip up to Asia, a business trip. Um, uh, Europe, actually. <laughs> Europe trip. <laughs> we can call it Eurasia, though. We can just... No, it was Europe. It was mostly UK, Germany. I saw Amsterdam snap. Yeah, so, a little bit of Holland time. Yeah. So, so I don't know. We're just to kind of stop the show. I just want to kind of get a feel of what he was learning out there. First of all, Joe, in the UK... Um, I, this, I don't know if you know this, but what is the national pet of the UK from Europe, from what you have observed while out there? Well, actually, <laughs> it's funny because England was named after the English Bulldog. Oh, really? Because it was there, so many people there started buying them, they decided to just name the country England after the English Bulldog. Um, but I think they've kind of moved on from that because I didn't see that many English Bulldogs. Wait, not one? Uh, no, I didn't see any English Bulldogs. Did you see any not French Bulldogs one. in England? No, no, they don't really get along with the English and the French Bulldogs. Um, so yeah, that, that's, that's disappointing. Actually. Yeah, kind of a disappointing, kind of a non-productive trip in terms of pets, in terms of English pets. Yeah, yeah. if you want yeah. to see an English Bulldog, you can see one here with our friend Papa. That's true. And, but I will say, there were a lot of pet sheep oh, uh, yeah. out in the fields and pastures. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Pretty cool. So, so, what's, so what's the most important um, <laughs> pet how do I put this? Um, pet care tip you learned from from the Brits. Um, the most important pet care tip was something that um, my colleague in England actually told me. Um, she said she doesn't have a dog right now because she's too busy, and she wants to be able to give the dog the attention it deserves. Oh, we and discussed that once. Yeah, so it was good to hear that being, you know, someone from across the pond who thinks the same way that Bert and I do. I mean, Obviously, it shows that she has a very high degree of pet intelligence yeah. if she matches us. Um, Speaking of pet intelligence, would you say they're equal to Americans when it comes to pet intelligence? Um, generally, I'd say they have a bit more respect for pets than oh, we do, actually. Yeah. Tell me more. So, you look at millennials, right? A lot of millennials get dogs when they're like 23, 24, fresh out of college, working from, for some smoke and mirrors software company um and they get a dog because they think it's like you know part of their whole vibe um but it turns out they can't really spend that much time with it they end up neglecting their dogs um 
And as a result of that, you end up with a lot of unhappy pets. But British people, it seems like they only get a dog or a cat. Well, you don't need to be able to spend any time with a cat. They only get a dog if they really have time to spend with it. Uh, and once they have a dog, they just treat it like an equal. There oh, was a, that's cool. Yeah, there's a guy who he got on the train with a dog and just telling everyone that the dog was 19 and he kicked someone out of his seat so this dog could have his seat. Uh, so that was that was pretty cool, actually. Dang. Yeah. Well, that's fascinating. And then he said the C word a lot, so... That's, cat? That's England for you. Uh, yeah, cat. Cat. He said cat many times. Uh, but I'm, that, just, I'm just glad to see that when uh, an animal shows up, they had the respect to let him have that seat. Yeah, yeah. Because, um... That actually kind of leads into our next segment. Uh, it's called... It really uh, does. Yeah, so in this segment, um, it's about news. We know right now it's a popular thing to talk about fake news. What's fake news? What's real news? Just for the record, I don't think there's any real... It's just a made-up concept. Write whatever you want. Read whatever you want. doesn't yeah, matter. That's true. But it affects you anyway. Yeah. But... Me and Joe, and Joe has no opinion about it, but for me, the only real news is pet news. <laughs> <laughs> so, this segment is called Pet News! Pet News! Pretty creative title. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, in this new segment, we kind of go through different current events that are happening in the world. Uh, the pet world, of course. Yeah. The, the world that actually matters. Yeah. Um, the one that we should all share with pets equally and help out. Um, so we just take a few articles, um, me and Joe have studied up on them, read about them, dove in with research, and then we're going to discuss them with each other. And along with that cat, or that dog being able to have its seat, the first one is, uh, comes straight out from Los Angeles. Yeah, yeah, another a real <laughs> issue of having a, whether or not to give a pet a seat. Yeah, <laughs> see how I segue that in? Nice segue, man, dude. Yeah. Um, oh, so this one, it's, this is, this comes from BBC news. Um, it's talking about, it's the title of it is emotional support peacock <laughs> barred from United Airlines plane. Um, <laughs> so this happened actually on January 31st, the article. So this is very recent. This is current news today, January 31st. Um, <laughs> So we know this is the, the emotional support dog is a big thing right now. Um, we discussed it a little bit in one episode. Yeah, we did. We talked about pet ownership and millennials. Yeah, I think it was in the pet law episode. Oh, it was, yeah, yeah. pet law. <clears throat> um, and Basically, so, you just say you're depressed and you can take a dog anywhere. Yeah, which is kind of cool. Yeah, and everyone pretends to be depressed, so it works. I'm sorry, that's for our mental health podcast. <laughs> um, Joe doesn't believe in mentalhealthissues.com. Wow. Joe, remember Joe's opinions are of his own and not of podcast radio. Yeah, that's true. Um, or of our sponsors. Yeah, um, which Petco, Purina Dog Food, the Cat Cafe, among others. Yeah. Um, but so back to the news. So this emotional support peacock. So this person decided that a dog was not kind of their thing. Um, from the new, from the article and outside other research I've done, it turns out the person was allergic to. Um, dogs. That's why they went with a peacock. Um, never really heard of anyone with a peacock allergy. I don't know. No. Actually, I was a, I was dead. I was really scared of peacocks when I was a kid. Really? Really scared. Because of Willow Park? No, it was before I even moved to Utah. I was oh, just really? terrified of peacocks. <laughs> Dang. Yeah. 
But so, so, so this is kind of this right here is just kind of talking about where's the line yeah. for these emotional support animals. Um, if they have a prescription for it, should they be allowed on the plane? Who's to decide, right? And so this airline decided the peacock was not um, allowed, which is kind of messed up because the fact that she even offered to pay another seat <laughs> to have her peacock on the plane with her. <laughs> And the f I love the photo in this article because they've got a photo <laughs> of the peacock just proudly perched on the uh, one of those luggage uh, trolley things on the, right on the handle, <laughs> just chill in there in two different locations. Just it seems very like chill for a peacock, um, and it's yeah, it's a tough issue. At what point? <laughs> Does the animal become too big or too obnoxious or too scary to be an emotional support animal? Yeah, and and does the name of the animal count? Yeah, you know? because like this this peacock's name was Dexter, very cool name cool for a peacock. Name, yeah. But what happened if his name was more like Robert, some yeah. more plain Dave? Dave, Dave would it would it would have been allowed to be on the plane? It might have helped. Yeah, it might have helped, but. Um... Yeah, it's a tricky one. Um, in the end, yeah, they didn't let her fly. Um, I don't know if there's been a whole ton of journalistic follow-up to this story. No, it's, it's, it's too recent. But we do have yeah. some past incidents that happened. Uh, in 2014, there was a pig that was um, yeah. escorted off of a plane because um, it, with, with a support animal. Because it <laughs> pooped in the plane before it even took off. Is that true? Yeah. <laughs> okay, well... Fair play, I think, yeah, to the airline. Train your animals. Yeah, if you're going to be taking a pig on a plane, train it well. Yeah, and then there was another example. There was a turkey, right? Yeah, an turkey, emotional yeah. support turkey. Yeah. I love that one. And she flew home for Thanksgiving with her emotional support turkey, which is kind of like a black com comedic move, I think. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Um, but then she flew back afterward with the turkey, and uh, she had specially designed diapers just for the turkey, which I think is actually... Uh, Probably really expensive. Oh, for sure. Um, but a touching gesture. Yeah, and so then, then the last part of this news story that I found fascinating is that they brought up other incidents of birds on a plane. Not to be confused with Snakes on a Plane, a yeah. great Samuel L. Jackson film. Yeah, classic. I believe it won some awards. Yeah, it was Tarantino's only movie to win uh, Best Picture yeah. Academy Award. <laughs> Snakes on the Plane. Snakes on the Plane. It's a cool idea. So I wonder if you got the idea from this. <laughs> You know, this happened just a year ago. Um, so there, there's a plane flying from, in the Middle East, from Saudi Arabia. They had 80 falcons on board. It's so cool. <laughs> and they're saying that these uh, these people are going on a hunting trip. So they're, they're, they're hunting falcons on the plane. And so it just makes you wonder. It's amazing that for all the things that Saudi Arabia is kind of behind, like women's rights and other things, as far as pets flying on planes, they're progressive as can be yeah more far more progressive than the u.s <laughs> imagine getting on a plane <laughs> you know bert and i you know we're flying to group three we're the last ones to board <laughs> they, they try to find any excuse to not let us on a plane you get on board and you see 80 birds is it even coach you're the only human it's you and Plus 80 it's falcons in the, in the middle east and they got oil money so these falcons are flying <laughs> there's a one economy seat and, and it's way in the back actually it's just the bathroom you have to sit in the bathroom the whole flight because they need to make more space for first class seats for falcons so that's the first news article just <laughs> form your own opinion do some more research Okay. And tweet at us, should the peacock have been allowed to fly? Yeah.
That's what I should do. And I might put a poll up on our Instagram story. So people can vote that way too. Yeah, that'd be a good one. And then, uh, yeah. So yeah, I mean, we're here to present the facts. Uh, that's what we want to do here. Just present it with the facts and allow you to form your own opinion. Yeah. But I think one thing's for sure. We know it'd be freaking awesome to fly in a plane oh. with 80 Falcons. Yeah, that's, if there's one thing, one thing we can all agree on, that is cool. I guess what? Samuel L. Jackson would not have had a movie had there been 80 Falcons on out of cash. Oh, yes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That would have solved the whole problem. Um, following with this theme of uh, animals in unexpected places, uh, our next story is, is all, uh, from England. Uh, down uh, in the southern city, down under. The, yeah, down under in the in the in the beach town of the, the sleepy beach town of Bournemouth, oh. um, uh, there's a gas station, uh, and there was a local cat named Dave who used to always just wander in this gas station and hang out, and the customers loved him. Like they would pet him, they'd buy him little snacks. He was just kind of like part of the decor, part of the excuse me experience of shopping there, um, but. One local anonymous customer reported this to the police, and so the cat was no longer allowed to go inside. Oh, and so when it came in, the owners had to like get it outside. Um, after this happened, um, customers would arrive to go do their, their shopping, and they'd see this cat just kind of loitering outside, sadly looking through the windows at what oh. it used to be its old hangout, um, which is just heartbreaking. Um, so this cat had been coming in for 13 years Dang, and then one old cat. Yeah. Like most yeah. Of his life. Yeah. Most of, yeah, it's true. Most of its life it had been coming into this gas station. Um, and so a lot of the locals, I love the, I love the response from the community on this, uh, because customers have threatened to boycott this tour <laughs> because the cat is no longer allowed inside. Jeez. Um, and so, you know, this is an ongoing battle and certainly this will end up um, in whatever the British version of the Supreme Court is, um, to British determine court. British court, yeah, or um, King's Parliament. Court, Parliament, yeah, he'll end up in Parliament, uh, where they'll decide whether or not Dave can go back into his no. former hangout. Another this good is, animal name, though. Let's just take a moment to appreciate Dave. It. Yeah, Dave's yeah. an awesome name for a cat. I think I think people overdo it with cat names, trying to make them like, or animal names in general, trying to make them like really cute or like animal specific. I think the more we share with the pets, the closer we'll be. If we can share the same names with them, yeah. a cat named Dave, you know, a cat named Breck or Joel or, <laughs> or uh, Jim, Jim Joel or, um, or a human named Sparky <laughs> <laughs> or a human named Air Buddy. <laughs> that would just, that would close the gap between human and animal, which is uh, something I think we push in every episode. So, so I, do you know what happened to the cat? Yeah. No, the battle is ongoing. So a one-stop, that's the brand of this um, convenience store, if you want to boycott them. Um, a one-stop spokesperson said, We're all very fond of this cat in Southburn and have asked colleagues not to pet him or feed him in the store. Um, there's a There was a note um, from one resident. Uh, a note. Okay. <laughs> common common uh, confusion on this show. Um, one of, one customer left a note on the door um, that said, ban the complaining customer. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Another note said, if this lovely cat is banned, I refuse to shop there. Or I refuse to shop here. I hope you're able to change this. And yet another wrote, I walk past this that cat all the time. 
lovely, friendly little thing. This is ridiculous. We'll let him in the shop. Yeah. Um, so Bert and I, as two of the most influential pet voices in mainstream media, uh, we want to add our voices and say, uh, as this last customer said, this is ridiculous. Let him in the shop. Yeah. Dave can hang out. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't see any problem with a cat being in a no. gas station. And maybe They're filthy places anyway. And maybe for like... Maybe it's a good, a new type of pet law that can come in, you know? Mm. Instead of dealing with all the, instead of just trying to go after all the money in these high-profile pet custody battles of celebrities, yeah. start fighting for cats like this, like Dave. Yeah. That's the problem is pet uh, public defenders are stretched so thin. Yeah. Um, they don't have the money. They don't really get good yeah, representation, yeah. Government really isn't putting enough money into uh, into pet public defense. So heartbreaking story. We'll keep uh, we'll keep tabs on this one, and hopefully there's a resolution reached uh, before too long, so yeah. that Dave can return to the shop that he yeah. loves and, and to the customers who love him. Yeah, of course. And lend us your voice. Um, comment on their on, on the on their page or comment on our page. We can relay that to you. Yeah. Or to them, we are a great middleman when it comes to pet ad. Advocacy. Advocacy. I yeah. don't know how to pronounce that word. No problem. No problem. Um, yeah. Dang. But uh, yeah, our our thoughts are with Dave. We're all rooting for him. Um, we've had brought you kind of a couple of sad pet stories. Yeah. We want to finish with something that's much more positive. Yeah. A good example of governments uh, working for the good of uh, yeah. animals. Some policies. Yeah. So this one comes from the other land down under, of Tasmania. Um, again, it seems like most of these articles are being like um reported by english newspapers yeah. which is kind of cool british news sources seem to be really on the ball the the peacock story was on the landing page for bbc um this uh, the dave the cat uh, thing was tweeted by my favorite journalist steve chow phenomenal journalist for al jazeera um so it shows you know journalists they really care about these yeah. issues too uh, as do a lot of the newspapers. Yeah. We've got uh, the first one was BBC, the second one is the Telegraph, and we've got the Guardian. So basically, the three top <laughs> news sources in the world yeah. are where we're getting these uh, these articles. So this one, uh, so this one, yeah, as I said, has come from the World Down Under in Tasmania. Um, so Tasmania just launched a new campaign that's going to reduce reuse and recycle. Sorry. Oh, sorry. Yeah, please don't cut me off. Yeah, sorry, sorry, <laughs> sorry man. Just kidding. It's cool. It won't happen. Well, it might. Actually, it will. Yeah. And so it doesn't bother me. No, I'm going foul. I'm right? foul. Fair play. Love you, Joel. <laughs> too, man. Um, so let me get back to this. Tasmanian roadkill campaign to reduce... I, I will repeat this number because you're probably going to think your ears are not working <laughs> correctly. 500,000 native animal deaths due to roadkill per year. Oh. Um, and I'll repeat that again. 500,000, half a million roadkill deaths every single year. Just in Tasmania. Just in Tasmania. The least populous Australian state. And it's Unbelievable. Like, wow. I mean, I just, I can't. It's, it's hard to fathom a number that big. Mostly because I've never counted that high. Oh, neither have I. <laughs> I mean, never even really wanted to try because it was so... It's out of reach. I got to 1,000 once when I was a kid. Yeah. And so, yeah, it showed that pretty much with this um, campaign, so a lot of it, um, 
had to do with that a lot of the animals were being killed, and so they wanted to figure out a solution to a problem. The problem being too many of our furry, beautiful friends were getting hit by cars due to either negligence on the driver's side or poor crosswalk protocol from the, from, from the animals, and so they decided they want to find a way to reduce it. And so, and so the government came up with this policy. Uh, I'm trying not to remember exactly <laughs> what that is. I'm trying to do the article right now. Um, so the government's been encouraging motorists to stop throwing food out of windows. Okay. Um, like an apple core, for example. Um, because that attracts wildlife to the roadside because it's, you know, free food. Um, and, you know, when they're close, then maybe they'll just start sauntering across the road and an unsuspecting motorist might hit them. Um, we well, just just to clarify, Bert and I don't blame Tasmanian drivers in any way. Oh, no. Tasmania is one of the most biodiverse places in the world. <laughs> so there are just a lot of animals around. Yeah. That's why I think that's a big contributor to why that number is so 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 high. Um, <clears throat> and so um, the government has put a lot of money into this PR initiative, discouraging uh, tossing, you know, fruit, vegetables, other snacks out the window because they noticed that that was what attracted a lot of animals close to the roadway was the ease of finding food yeah um yeah and then the thing about reducing this um this roadkill epidemic in tasmania it's kind of if fixing one problem kind of helps another um it says most of the animals there are killed because the tasmanian devils after after an animal is hit and killed other animals come and feed on that animal um, for survival, and so then they, in consequence, get hit, meaning there's more f- food there available, and so more animals are going to come, and then it's just a never-ending, slippery slope process. Yeah. Um, there's a pretty heartbreaking quote here, actually. This is um, Wilderness Society Tasmania campaigner uh, Vika Bailey, um, who said that, I mean, they, they, they're talking about how what this is doing to the Tasmanian devil population. Um very very unique species unique to the island of tasmania and i believe either endangered or threatened um bailey said even when the animals killed are not threatened species the level of roadkill in tasmania is an animal welfare issue it's about preventing all forms of wildlife whether it's a threatened species or not from what is at the end of the day an untimely death at the hands of a driver that's the thing an untimely death Brutal. And so Tasmania has taken big steps to prevent these untimely deaths, to reduce them um, in the same way that a lot of countries try to reduce untimely deaths of people by putting barriers next to freeways, not putting crossways across freeways anymore, crosswalks, excuse me. Yeah, too dangerous. Um, Yeah, it's just turned out to be too dangerous. And so Tasmania is doing what they can to to try to keep these animals away from Yeah, and this is cool because we have two main organizations who are working together to fight this epidemic. The first... Um, being the Wilderness Society of Tasmania, very, very good animal advocates, like just doing their, their part always. Um, and then the other part is the Royal Automobile Club of Tasmania. So it's just um, so, 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 so those two people who come from very different backgrounds who see a problem are working together to fix it. Yeah, it's cool. I like that. And there's, there's a, a mention in this article of four Tasmanian devils who'd been vaccinated against um, facial tumors, uh, facial tumor disease. It costs $25,000 for each animal to be vaccinated. 
uh, but the Australian government was happy to pay. So credit to them uh, for really investing in the preservation of this interesting species. Yeah, but the bummer is four of those animals were killed by cars within a few weeks. Yeah, so that's a, that's a big expense, but think about it. Not really. Um, well, yeah, really. I mean, compared to government <laughs> budgets, it's basically nothing. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's very sad that they died. But uh, we're happy to see the government in Tasmania and other organizations in Tasmania working together to preserve the life and well-being of these animals. Yeah. And so we're going to keep you updated. <clears throat> yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll keep an eye on this story. Um, hopefully, um, we're working on a, a sponsorship with uh, Virgin Airline, Virgin Australia Airlines. Yeah. Um, and so Bert and I will probably be flying down there soon, hopefully, um, to get a first-hand look at what's going on with these devils. Yeah, so Virgin Airlines, hit us up. Yeah, hit us up. Qantas Airlines would be okay to work with you as well. Um, pretty yeah. much anyone who can get us down there to see the problem, report on it firsthand. The Harris family. <laughs> <laughs> Stan Jackets. Stan Jackets. Ryan Smith. <laughs> you flat brimware. Um, the Miller Company, Larry H. Miller Company. Larry H. Miller. Oh yeah, yeah. No, they need to save all their money for the jazz. <laughs> yeah, but this is jazz is a big deal in Tasmania. It's the, the yes. official team of Tasmania. <laughs> <laughs> but and so this is just another. So so, so as we said again, this is kind of an uplifting one. Less animals are going to be, be hurt due to some cooperation. Yeah. And then now we're going to actually phone a friend who spent some time in Africa. Yeah. Um, just to kind of get, and we're going to join uh, one of our favorite sections called Phone, phone a friend. friend. Parentheses, animals through the phone. Um, so we're going to be calling an expert on um, basically the role of pets in African culture. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and we don't want to put African culture in a box. Get, specifically, Ghanaian pet culture. Yeah. Uh, and he can tell us a bit more about the specific region within so, Ghana. We are giving him a call. Um, we're excited for this. Yeah. Hopefully he picks up. Tune in. Two of my favorite parts of the bank that we have during this part. Oh, yeah, the waiting game. Yeah. Hello? Hey, Dayton. Welcome to Podcast Radio. You're with the pack, Breck and Joel. How hey. are you doing? Good. How are you guys? It's an we're, honor. We're great, man. We're, we're happy to have you live on the air with us today. What yeah, Exciting. Yeah, what are you what are you doing right now? I am laying on Tyler Greer's bed. As oh. dangerous as that sounds. Wow. Very uh, very primal. That's good to hear. Yeah. <laughs> I thought I thought for sure you'd be either there or if I had to guess two places, it would be Tyler Greer's bed or CrossFit gym. Yeah. Or Chipotle. Oh, already we're starting with the CrossFit jokes already, alright. <laughs> no, that was the only one. We're done. We're yeah, done. So, uh, this, this is not about CrossFit. This is a podcast about everything pets. Yeah. Um, and so, Dayton, uh, 
we, we wanted to ask you, you've got um, like a pretty rare experience of having lived in Ghana. Um, and so we wanted to just ask you, this is a pretty broad question. You can answer it in as much or as little detail as you want. Um, what is the role of pets in Ghanaian society? Bert and I often focus a lot on like first world pet culture, um, mm -hmm. but uh, it's interesting to hear kind of this different side of it where there's a you know where where people are like almost totally dependent on their yeah. on their pets for survival. And there's probably a great appreciation for for those pets, even if it ends in eventually um, a uh, a death. <laughs> And so, so here's another question for you, Dan. What do you see as the future role of pets in Ghana in culture? Um, you know, I, I don't see it changing. I think, uh, I think they have it figured out, you know? Like, they enjoy their pets as long as they can, and then when it's time to eat them, you know, then they enjoy them in that way. I don't think they get a emotionally attached but they're probably just more thankful you know they're thankful for the companionship but then also for the sacrifice the pet makes for them you know wow. I think it carries on into their, their society and they're more like willing to make sacrifices for other people Whoa. You know? wow yeah I hope that doesn't change yeah let's hope that doesn't change that's yeah. a that's a that's a that's, yeah. that's a pretty wonderful relationship um Something that, you know, we really don't have with our pets oftentimes here in the U.S. It's, you know, they're like circus performers to us, basically. Yeah. Uh, we don't really appreciate them like they like they probably did in Ghana. So yeah. that's, uh, that's this, really interesting. This might be an interesting question to have follow-up for you, Dan. Do you ever have any instances when, like, a grandpa dies? Say it again. When, like, a grandpa of a family died. Or, sorry, I'm crying here because it's so beautiful. Um, if a grandpa has died or another family member, that the people gave that human sacrifice to their pets. Wait. <laughs> to keep their pets nah, alive. Pretty sure it doesn't go both ways. I don't feel like they don't. 
probably just because like they don't have very many pets that like eat humans, right? Like chickens and goats. But do you maybe, think they're willing guess, like, to do dogs, that? Maybe dogs they could mix into their food, but um, yeah, I never, I never came across that. But do you think they'd be willing to though? What? Do you think they'd be willing to, though? After all these things that pets gave them, do you think they'd be willing to just sacrifice Grandpa's left foot? I don't know. Maybe if, like, maybe if it was presented to them in some, uh, in some, like, religious manner, they might go for it. Man, what, a, what another beautiful thing about my culture. <laughs> right? You give and you receive, you receive and you give. You know, symbiosis or something like that. Circle of life, baby, circle of life. Oh, thanks, guys. Really? Oh, man. The circle of life, yeah. I think there's a movie about that. Yeah. Lion King, right? No. Oh, yeah, yeah. Or Planet Earth. I don't know, maybe not. Yeah, I'm not sure. Yeah. Well, Dayton, that's been, this has been great. Um, this is, Bert and I would never have been able to get any of this information without you, so um, we really appreciate your time, and uh, yeah, we'll be bringing you a, a special gift for helping us out on the pod. Yeah. Oh, exciting. Cool. Thanks for having me on, guys. No, yeah. thanks, for, thanks for picking up. Thank you, and you have a, you have a, wonderful, a wonderful evening. All right, you too. All right, see you. All right. Bye. Everything pets! Oh my goodness, that is, uh, that's been the most educational, that, that, that's been the most unexpected, I think, from a friend that we've had. Really got really in-depth from that, about yeah. like, and then like, it was funny, because it wasn't just about, it was about like a culture in an area we've never been, but I feel like I've kind of been there now. <laughs> I feel like I understand kind of what pet culture is like there. Dan really painted a very good picture yeah. on, on, on what a... If I go there, I kind of know what to expect. Yeah. Dayton's a very philosophical guy, so I don't think anyone could have really given us uh, better information. And I just want to take a quick pause from talking about pets and just give Bert a lot of credit for phenomenal journalism and great question asking on that last question because, whew, I would never have thought of such a deep question as the last one. Well... Thanks, Joe. Yeah, I accept my, this award. My pleasure. Journalist of the of the of the month. Perfect. Uh, January thirty first. Uh, yes. It took me all month, but I finally got there. You got it, man. You deserve cool. it. Well, thanks for tuning in the podcast. Today. Yeah. Um, we're. I hope you learned something. I hope it motivated you to check the news, uh, real news, or fake news. But just sure read. Just just read the news. Just pet news. Just read British news. That's what we learned today. That's, that's my that's my main advice. Yeah, yeah. Right. Well, Bert, uh, as always, it's been a been a real pleasure to be here with you. Yeah. Uh, really groundbreaking as always. Yeah, and uh, tune in next week where we're gonna kind of get a little uh, fantasy. Ooh, we're gonna talk mystical. about next, uh, yeah, myth, mythological and mystical pets. Yeah. Some of the some of the where, where these legends came from, who they are, what they are. Paint a vivid picture of what they are, what they look like, what they sound like. And so tune in. And how likely it is that these uh, mythical pets are real or fake. Uh, this uh, I, this concept is brought to us by um, Tyler Hawes. Thanks for your tweet. Uh, if you've got anything else you'd like us to answer, any other questions or other topics you'd like us to discuss, 
shoot us a tweet, comment on our Instagram. Uh, I got some new Instagram content coming your way in the yeah. next couple of days. I'm gonna have a really shout out. Yeah, uh, let's no. give a big shout out to our um, to our technical our our creative, content writer. Our content writer. Yeah, Nicole did a great job. She wrote bios for us, which you can find on the Instagram with a nice picture of <laughs> a nice headshot of each of us. Yeah, at our at our absolute prime. <laughs> um, thank you, everyone. Tune in next week. Remember, everything pets. Welcome to the pack. Ow, ow, ow. I'm glad you appreciate that question so much. Oh, dude, that was a good question. That was ground. That was that was hard hitting. Well, that's what journalism is all about. Man. It's not easy to ask that question. No, man, that's like not the average journalist has ever asked that. No, no. See, if they might might have crossed their mind. They they say two out there. No, not from podcasts, freaking radio. No, that was like that was like Mark Ruffalo in Spotlight. Oh yeah, asking where uh, the pedophile touched or uh, or the or the lady from the the post. Meryl Streep, is she in that? I don't know. I, I don't, I've been wanting to see that, though. It right. seems interesting, but also it seems like a real liberal media reactionist film. Yeah, well, maybe you should learn something or two about that. <laughs> no. Not interested. Okay. Um, if you're listening to podcasts radio, we're going to talk to our friend Cammy right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bonus content. Maybe. It might be cut out. It might not. We'll see yeah, so far, the episode, I think, is already 40 minutes long, so we put another two minutes. Yeah. I like that approach. It's already three minutes. What's another <laughs> two? Not we need to cut it off now. What's another do two? What you do we should do a one reel, like one show, where it's just all the background segments and just put those together. Oh, just a bonus content. Yeah, but like, that's just random. That's not like people don't know what's happening, really. Well, this is really embarrassing. Like a phone a friend. We've been doing this home. before. This is like phone a friend in episodes one, two, three, and four. And <laughs> five. No, five we had it figured out. Whoa. Wow. Right. I'm better friends with Cammy than I am Adams. This is really <laughs> awkward. <laughs>